0: Welcome back to another session of the Journey through the Quran series brought to you by Iqna Sisters. So, we are nearing the end of our journey. With Juz number 28, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you for your spirit and your willingness to learn more about the messages and commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah wa ta'ala accept it and may it bring you and others around you benefit. Ameen. So this Juz number 28 begins with an awesomely powerful surah, Surah Al-Majadilah. And Allah subhanahu wa discusses the first few ayahs, the phenomenon of domestic disturbance where a husband and a wife get into a fight, Get they get into a heated argument, heated discussion. And when things escalate between the husband and wife, there may be tendencies to say things, extreme things that you really didn't mean and you're only saying them out of anger. So in this case, in this surah, the husband does something called zihar. And this is where the husband is consumed with so much anger. And this was done in the pre-Islamic times um, uh, uh, of Arabia. That he tells his wife, you are like my mother. Or in the literal sense, that means you are like the back of my mother. In other words, the husband is no longer interested in his wife. This is a form of divorce. The relationship is severed. It's over. And this Particular incident happened with Khala bin Salaba, she and her husband, who was, a, who was a Sahabi of the Prophet Muhammad, they had a, a disagreement, it got escalated, it got into a heated argument. And then he pronounces the Zihar on her and now acting as if the, the relationship is over, it's severed, it is cut off, divorced. So he leaves and he goes out and, and sits with his friends. But when he comes back to the house, he demands to sleep with Khala. Then at that moment she said, nah, no. I am not gonna sleep with you. You pronounce the Zihar on me. You pronounce this sort of divorce on me. I am not going to do what you are telling me to do. So she leaves the house and she doesn't know what to do. What she does do eventually is grab an outer cloak or covering something to cover her from her friend's house. Then she goes straight to the Prophet Muhammad and informs him of the situation and what her husband had said to her. So while he is uh, listening uh, to her complaints and her concerns, he was very silent and and very silent out of pure wisdom because he had not received revelation regarding the answer to this problem. So in the meantime, he is waiting, and he is not responding, and he is being silent. Khala bint anha. she starts crying, and she's, she's becoming desperate, and she's unsure of what to do. She has a lot of kids, she doesn't know where to go, and uh, then at this point, she turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and pleads with him asking for help. And then the first ayah of Surah Al-Mujadullah is revealed concerning her, and her condition. And what is beautiful about all of this, yes, the zihar practice was now completely banned. Um, this is not something that is supposed to be done. Um, and then whoever does such a thing still, there is penalty um, on, on that case uh, on, on on from the husband. But the beautiful thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledged the complaints of a very common, ordinary woman. She wasn't a noble woman. She wasn't a queen. She wasn't a princess. But because when a woman complains out of uh, genuine uh, concern... And and she is being oppressed or she is being manipulated or she is being tortured, right? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he was hearing this situation and he was seeing it from the beginning, um, of course. And so that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is showing us... That the woman needs to be respected; that she will not be treated like an animal, and that she, and that, and that, a penalty will be given on those who do such things, and they will be accountable for their actions towards towards the women. So while Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala was listening to the secret complaint of this woman. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and and going on in the Surah al mujadala he announces that if people converse in secrets, if you do secretive talks, secretive um, discussions, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully aware and can hear all things. So these type of conversations, these types of, um, you know, just uh, secrecy and conniving, uh, they, they, they should be avoided altogether, except if it's about virtue and piety. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to tell us that conspiring in secret is the work of shaitan, and that when you have conversations, be mindful of Allah. So you and I, sisters, need to be careful that when we speak to one another, when we speak in private discussions, private phone conversations, even text conversations, that we should be mindful and be aware of the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is fully aware of Himself and He can see and hear everything. Just because we can delete... A conversation does not mean it is deleted with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the surah goes on to explain the etiquette of holding a meeting and and those who arrive late to a gathering or that meeting. So as a courtesy, we should squeeze in to make room. We should not have narrow-mindedness. We should be... Uh, uh, very uh, courteous and and generous even in our seating procedure. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the end of the surah compares two groups of people. One is with the party of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and another is the party of shaitan. And that the party of shaitan treacherously creates these doubts and these suspicions against Islam, while the party of Allah, and this is, the, this is the party that we want to belong to, this party of Allah will not even tolerate anything or anyone, even if it's their own it's their own loved ones, loved ones belittling Islam. Now the next surah in this juz is surah al Hashar. And Surah Al-Hashr falls under the collection of the Surahs called Al-Musabbihat, which is uh, the six Surahs that begin with the glorification of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the first part of this Surah is talking about uh, the Bani al nadir and these were the Jews of Medina. They had made a very fake uh, treaty alliance with the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when the Muslims and the Prophet himself migrated to Medina. However, they broke this treaty. They made secret alliances with the pagan Meccans. And they were tormenting, and harassing, and just, uh, you know, being very conniving with the Muslims in Medina. And then they just openly also refused to join the Prophet in in defense of uh, this of the city of Medina in the Battle of Uhud and then they made a secret plan to kill the Prophet Muhammad So when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the Muslims uh, of Medina then set to besieged the city, their area of the of the Bani al-Nadir, the ultimatum was given to them to leave the entire area of that area of Medina. They had 10 days to do it. Um, so they were given safe passage out of Medina and they were forever exiled um, from the city to never return again. Then Allah goes on in the surah saying and declaring the fact that the enemies of Islam plan evil, they plot and they plan, but Allah wa ta'ala plans also and that his plans are the best of plans. Then going on in the Surah Allah wa ta'ala explains the beautiful qualities, the good qualities of the muhajirin, and the good qualities of the Ansar. He he praises their altruism, he praises the selflessness, attitudes and behaviors and thoughts of the Ansar and the truthfulness of the Mahajirin. Then the story of shaitan is given and that a shaitan incites man to disbelieve and he promises, promises him the, the world and everything in it. But he says on the day of judgment, he will say that he has nothing to do with him. He will, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put both into the hellfire. Then one of my absolute favorite ayahs of the entire Qur'an is in this surah, surah Al-Hashir, which is ayah number 18, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O you who believe, be mindful of God and let every soul consider carefully what it sends for tomorrow. Be mindful of God, for God is well aware of everything you do. So each and every soul has to see what he or she is preparing for the hereafter. So the time we have now, we cannot say that we can do it tomorrow, we will do it tomorrow, or that we can think about it next week. We need to prepare for our hereafter, as if there is no tomorrow. And that the forgetfulness of God or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inevitably leads to the forgetfulness of one's own self. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing another parable demanding us to fulfill the rights of Qur'an. It is important for you and I to understand what those rights of Qur'an are. Even sharing this recording that you are hearing will come under fulfilling the rights of Qur'an, because you are in a way uh, you are conveying the message, this message to others. Then finally this surah ends with the last three ayahs that are beautifully describing the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that conscious remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only defense against all evils of, of society, uh, of shaitan and of our own selves. In Surah Al-Mumtahina, which was revealed after the Treaty of Hudaybiyah and before the conquest of Mecca, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is advising mm-hmm. the Muslims mm-hmm. not to befriend those who are enemies to Allah. And Prophet Ibrahim Alayhis islam is given as an excellent example for the believers to look at whose loyalty and faithfulness was only for the cause and in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in the end of this surah, the women's oath of allegiance and commitment is described in it that it, it, they will not commit shirk, they will not steal, they will not commit adultery, they will not kill their children, they will not give any cause for any scandal, and that they will not disobey the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Surah Saf, which is the next surah in this juz, is one of the is one of those tremendously powerfully packed surahs and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins but in the, the surah by saying that uh, that believers are, they're being commanded not to say something which they do not do so contradictions in speech and actions is something that is very severely hateful in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is a true weakness of faith that there should be complete agreement between a true Muslim's word and his actions, and that, that should, he should carry that into effect, uh, whatever he says. And then when he has no intention of doing it, or he has no power for it, he should not say that he would do it. You know, to say one thing and then to do another thing is one of the most hideous characteristics of any person in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he had explained that a person's uh, being characterized by this quality is a sign that he is not a believer but a what? He is a hypocrite. And the hadith says that the hypocrite has three signs, even if he offered the prayer and observed the fast and professed to be a Muslim. That, number one, that when he spoke, he lied. Number two, when he made a promise, he broke it. And number three, and when he was entrusted with something, he proved dishonest. And you can find this in Bukhari and Muslim. Then in the Surah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say that he loves those who fight for his way, for the establishment of this deen. And this group of people strive and they struggle to seek Allah's pleasure in such an organized way together like a cemented wall. And if you ever have noticed a brick wall and with cement together, you can see how fortified it is and how strong they are and how, uh, how much each brick is supporting the other. So this is the uh, example of those people who, who energize themselves and motivate each other and support one another and fight in the way to establish this deen. And there are four characteristics of these types of people who strive and struggle in this way, in an organized way, and they do it together. Number one, they have complete agreement in the faith and the objective. Number two, they have confidence in one another's sincerity. Number three, they have a high standard of morality. And number four, they have the love for the common objective and a firm resolve to achieve it. And then uh, in the Surah, the example of Prophet Isa Alayhi is given, and that he had given the good news of a Rasul, of a messenger coming after him, whose name will be Ahmed. And even you can find this still in the Bible, it's there. Um, and that the believers are commanded to be helpers of Allah, like the disciples of Prophet Isa Alayhi wasalam. And this is what you and I need to remember. Each time you go through this Surah is that we need to be like like the Prophet wa sallam, was right here, even though he is not here in this time at all. But we still have to be striving and struggling and uh, in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and supporting the Prophet Muhammad sallam, by following his example, following the sunnah, what he said and what he did. I mean, honestly for me, the next surah that comes in this juz, uh, surah Al-Jum'ah, was particularly difficult for me to journey through and you will we will figure that out when I get to the end inshallah what I'm talking about, what what made it so difficult. Um, but the surah itself opens up with the glorification of Allah and the prophetic call and proceeds to suggest that the Muslims are not supposed to be like the Jews to whom the Torah was granted but they failed to act upon it. In fact, Allah is describing the moral decay of the Jewish scholars to that of a non-practicing scholar uh, with a donkey carrying books. You know, um, it's it's emptiness. It, it it becomes the this this practice is hollow. And Surah Juma ends with an emphasis on establishing the Friday congressional prayer and what Friday itself means to Muslims all over the world. It's a communal a ritual, it is an act of solidarity of collectivism of meeting and greeting and strengthening those bonds Strengthening the the message the, uh, ourselves with the message, and then dispersing throughout the throughout the land and throughout the country, and doing what it is we have to do with that regular weekly Friday reminder. Nowadays, unfortunately, due to the situation, the precarious situation that we're in with the COVID nineteen uh, disease, all of our massages, most of them are locked down. We are not able to pray. We're not able to have the Friday prayer. Um, and um, and other, the regular five daily prayers. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala open up these masajids for us. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala show us what we were missing and may we fill the masajid more than we ever did before. Inshallah, Amin. Surah al Munafiqoon is an amazing surah that describes the character, characteristics of the hypocrites. And it is so wisely placed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after Surah as saff and after Surah Al-Jum'ah. So Surah as gave us the roadmap, right? Gave us the roadmap for establishment of deen. Surah Al-Jum'ah prescribed the communal duties and collectivism. Now you have Surah Al-Munafikun providing us the opportunity to pinpoint the shortcomings, the hindrances, and the roadblocks In that path to achieve the straight way. And what are some of those hindrances? You know, just think about it for a second. What are some of those shortcomings that deprive us of the blessings and getting onto that straight path? You know, it could be your nafs, it could be your ego, it could be your biases, it could be your wealth, it can be your children, your family, your colleagues, your peers. All of these things can lead to the collapse of your iman. And what is the thing that can extinguish these tell signs of hypocrisy, of these shortcomings? And that is sadaqah. Donating well in the cause of Allah, not just by what you are donating, but the mindset that you are donating with. Feeling that love and that obligation towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I am donating something yes but I'm going to donate it willingly I'm going to donate it happily and I'm going to encourage and motivate others to do the same. And, in these last few days now of Ramadan, this is the best and the pristine time to be donating. Uh, no matter what the circumstance you're facing, the best thing for you is to donate and to donate well into several the several causes that are going around uh, as for for the betterment of society and the Islamic circle of North America itself has many, many established. Um, charities that you can donate to to see the society that you live in improve. For example, ICNA Relief is one of the number one disaster relief agencies in the country that you can provide aid to provide charity to, um, donate well to. The ICNA Social Council for Justice is another one that is a prime example of where you can donate your 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 money, uh, your wealth, uh, in in creating and helping to spread more awareness about Islam, and and righting the wrong. Iqna Sisters itself, which runs parallel to Iqna, n- needs your sadaqat also now more than ever. There are so many things that Iqna Sisters is doing, and they need this generous donation from you to keep going, uh, to keep uh, maintaining and sustaining its activities, what they do for Muslim women, what they're doing for non-Muslim women, how they are also helping on the ground to, to bring that benefit to others, inshallah. And you can go to www.ikna.org or to its affiliate sisters page www.iknasisters.org and to learn more about how we can actually practically apply what we are learning in this Quran and not just make it seem like something we're listening to and then we shut it and we're done. No, but we actually have to take the message and, and to in practical terms and apply what we know inshallah. The next surah in this juz, juz number 28, surah al it really further elaborates where surah al-Munafiqun left off. So those shortcomings that I was mentioning to you uh, before, and those obstacles can only be dealt with strong faith Uh, obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and good morals. So this surah is telling us that this universe is not godless, that its creator, its master and ruler is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that He is perfect faultless and knows all that we conceal and reveal so he created this universe with a purpose and there is wisdom behind each and every single thing and this and it was created to to manifest the truth and it will come to an end with a purpose as well so here is Allah SWT has given us freedom of choice in this world you know you have the choice to believe or not believe, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching how we exercise our choice, and that we were not created irresponsibly, and that we were not created uh, uh, to not be answerable and not be accountable to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we will meet our Lord, and we will be held accountable for all of the choices that we have made. And so at the end, this surah is instructing the believers that they must be steadfast during their afflictions and in their adversities. And if we are steadfast to the faith, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless our hearts with the guidance and that the believers have to, affirm the faith that they have not only by, by by the tongue and just by mere mention, but your actions have to be coinciding and in complete obedience to, to, to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala while at the same time putting our trust only in Him. And the fact that worldly gains and children, families, they're all a trial and a test that might distract us from the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his obedience. And it's after this harsh reality that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is consoling us that we are only responsible to the extent of our capabilities and that we must try our best to follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala within the boundaries that he has set up. And this surah also prescribes charity, sadaqah, uh, as an expiation for our weaknesses, uh, for our shortcomings. So even in your most difficult times, do not give up on your charity. Continue your charity, continue your giving, continue your sadaqah, continue giving that donation because you don't know which charity it is that will actually help you in the long run, inshallah. The second to the last surah in this juz, Surah at talak explains that even after trying and following Allah's command, there might be circumstances where exceptions are made and allowed like the case of divorce. But even in those circumstances, in those scenarios, one still must be very fearful of Allah ﷻ. And that Allah says that, he will, that Allah will find, out, find a way out for those who fear Allah then uh, going on in the surah al gives the final laws of divorce and the iddah waiting period and that a warning is given in it that to adhere to these laws and to avoid transgression and these are divine revelations for Family laws, which are blessings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bringing humanity out of that darkness into light. And then the surah ends with the declaration that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has power over everything and that He encompasses everything in His knowledge. The last beautiful surah in this Juz, Surah Tahrim, starts with a warning that Allah is the only one who can make things lawful and unlawful. And then Allah further strengthens the foundation of a family unit that Muslims both men and women should not be careless in matters of guarding secrets. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further elaborates that a person's responsibility is not confined to making an effort to only save herself from the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it is also her responsibility as as a muslim woman of the of the family and of course a muslim man of the family is also responsible that they should educate and train to the best of their abilities the members of her family to also become allah's favorite servants so our concern as muslim women should not be that just so that our children should lead a happy and prosperous life in this world. Yes, that is okay to to make dua for those things for our children. It is okay to train our children uh, to lead these good lives in this world, but at the same time, we should be stressing over and we should be anxious and we should be making dua and we should be training our kids so, so that they do not become fuel for the fire of hell and hereafter. Nowadays, our society and other societies around the world have totally lost this perspective. They've totally lost what the family structure is and what makes a family a real family. So we need to revive this concept and we need to bring it back for what it truly, truly is. And then the surah ends with four examples of women. You know, we have two bad examples, and then you have two good examples. The two bad examples were the wives of Prophet Lut alayhi salam, and Prophet Nuh salam. And they were dishonest women, and they were dishonest with their husbands, and they had affiliations and connections and alliances with the disbelievers. Then you have two good examples who are role models. Uh, Maryam, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with her, who was the mother of Prophet Isa alayhi salam, and Asiya, uh, the wife of Pharaoh Asiya, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with her and accept her, embraced the message in Islam of, uh, that was sent, the message that was sent with, uh, to Prophet Musa alayhi salam. And she didn't care Anything uh, and pay, didn't pay any attention to this world uh, or any pleasures of this life, and she patiently endured the torture from her husband, and and prayed for a house in paradise rather than anything in this world. And Maryam, and alayha, a, a woman, a beautiful woman who guarded her chastity, uh, who was so modest, such a devout woman. So obedient, may Allah subhanahu wa taala make us like these shining, shiny examples of women of of Jannah, and may we follow uh, their path. Inshallah, Amin. So, in conclusion to this journey that we have done I just want to end with this dua that you can find in Surah al and it's actually ayah number 8 as well um, and, and, it, this, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala it says like this Rabbana nurana waghfirlana innaka ala kulli shayin qadir." Our Lord, perfect for us our light and forgive us. Surely you have power over everything. mean, All praise and thanks are due to Allah, and only the mistakes have been mine. Please continue sharing these recordings, subscribing to our podcast, or visiting us on YouTube, Ikhna Sisters USA. Until next time, inshallah. Jazakumullah khairan. Wa aslamu alaykum. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.